In a world, the year 1999. Hello everyone, Bri the Movie Guy here, and on today's podcast we are continuing Guilty Pleasure Month, and we will be talking about the guiltiest of guilty pleasures, one of the worst movies ever made, but for some odd reason, I love it, and it's probably because of nostalgic reasons, but that movie is the Will Smith vehicle Wild Wild West. But, um, yeah, enough of this. Let's just get into it. Hello, everyone. Bri, the movie guy here, along with Bro Montana, Cody Wilfong. Hi, buddy. All right, so this is actually the second time we've done this intro, so we're just going to get things rolling here. This is the continuation of Guilty Pleasure Month, and this is the guiltiest of pleasures because... God, it, it is a bad movie. I don't remember when I was little. I didn't remember it being this bad, but I rewatched it, and wow, it's the biggest piece of dog shit. And you just watched the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> that's the worst part. Like you, you're sitting here having even watched this film. There's nothing. There's no good quality about this. It's like there a, are some good qualities. It's like a fam- I know it's hard to tell from that trailer. The trailer is rough. It's like a Family Dollar Django. Uh, dude, okay. <laughs> <laughs> As I said earlier, I do think there's some like Django aspects to this, but I, it also goes with if you've listened to our Django Unchained episode, wink, wink, hint, hint nod, nod. Go listen to it. Go listen to it. Um, <laughs> you will know that Will Smith was originally written for the role of Django Freeman. Um, but turned it down for what movie was it again? I think it was Men in Black. Yeah, Men in Black. So, so infamously, he uh, this film was chosen. He turned down one film that we will talk about in the future, but might as well say it now because everyone already knows it. But The Matrix, this film is the one he turned down for The Matrix or for for. He turned down the Matrix for this, is what I'm trying to say here. He got white hot in the early 2000s, and then... Like, well, we're about to jump into the DeLorean there, Cody. Yeah, because <laughs> he was okay. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air lifted him to stardom. I'm going to tell you everything he did that was, like, big, that I remember from this time period, so... Pretty much the what if of this episode is what if someone else was in the boots of Jim West and Barry Sonnenfeld didn't direct this. Um, We're jumping into the DeLorean. We're going to June 30th, 1999 with the tagline, it doesn't get any wilder than this because we're in the wild, wild west. Uh, Starring Will Smith as Jim West, Kevin Kline as Artemis Gordon, Selma Hayek as Rita Escobar. The only good thing about that movie Dude, she is the most unutilized characters. I, she but, is such a good actress, and you know what her job is? Looking at Will Smith and of every like cocky ass thing he does, it going, "Oh my God, he's so courageous. Yeah, he's so brave." I'm saying she's a looker. <laughs> oh no, well, yeah. Selma Hayek is probably like one of the ten most beautiful people to ever grace the planet Earth. The only good thing about that movie, but. She is a great actress. Like, you know what? She's used for her looks in From Dusk Till Dawn, but she is giving so much more to do than in this film because... 
Are those kids trying to take our beverages? Oh, though they are legit trying to break into those. Oh. I wonder what would happen if we just ran down there real quick. Wow, they're really trying. <laughs> anyway. Nothing more I hate than a thief. Going on, though. We also have Kenneth Byrne as Dr. Arliss Loveless. Ted Levine as General Bloodbath McGrath. And that's a fucking all-star cast. That's terrible. You have... Bloodbath McGrath? You know who plays him? I think I'm like in a Dr. Seuss you, story. You, you know who Ted Levine is, right? Yeah. He, he puts lotion on the skin or gets the hose again. He always talks like he has a mouthful of marbles. But uh, it's funny because this movie, I honestly believe, was supposed to be a more dramatic straight to the... Like, because you said, you, when I was telling you we were doing this movie, because this is a movie that, as I said earlier, uh, we're in the DeLorean, so we're going to go back in time a little bit here. From what I remember, June 30th, 1999, I was eight when this movie came out. So this movie was very heavily marketed towards me because Burger King had toys. I remember the cutouts being everywhere. I remember there was so much advertising. Like, there was so much advertising around this movie. And it was a big deal because, one, you have Will Smith um, reunited with Barry Sonnenfeld. Of, they just, they're two years after making Men in Black. But, um... But, according to my research, during this time frame, another Warner Brothers movie came out, The Iron Giant. They took all the money away for advertising The Iron Giant, even though the people in Hollywood were getting pissed about it. Like, they were actually getting pissed because it was more critically acclaimed, it was better reviewed, and it was actually... It's, it's a classic movie. Like, Vin Diesel barely speaks... But he gets so much damn emotions, like, when he's, like, when he's, like, flying Superman or whatever he's saying, I want to cry there, because I know he's about to die. But then you, at the end, we see the little bolt, and we see his little head coming back together, and you're like, ah, the Iron Giant lives! <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Warner Brothers... I feel like knew this movie was going to be bad. And they were like, maybe if we get enough people to go in and see it, we can still make all this money back. Because this was an expensive movie. They rely a lot on a lot of special effects throughout this movie. Which is crazy to me. It is. Like, the giant, like, I, I remember showing you the trailer, and right when the giant robotic spider comes out of the canyon, you just stop watching the trailer altogether. You just said, fuck it, I'm done. And a lot of people agree with that, but as you remember, when uh, I was on... What what were we looking... I forget what I was looking this up on, but that, that review of someone saying... Yeah, it was something that... I don't care, this movie slaps. This movie slaps today. Um, oh, God, they had a great username, too. I think it was on Letterboxd. No. I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> but, okay, so... Back in this time frame, Will Smith was huge. Like, Will Smith is a huge part of my childhood, along with anyone else born around my, the 1991 area. Um, I don't like him now. Well, here's, here is everything he was doing that led up to Wild Wild West. He was in Bad Boys. Mm -hmm. He was in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. 
He was doing Independence Day. He did Men in Black. He did Enemy of the State. And then he released one of the defining albums of my childhood. Big Willie style. Marky Mark's better than him. Whoa, come on, man. Come on. Marky Mark might have good vibrations, but me and Will, it's just the two of us. (laughs) And uh, what's the other one? Wow, I'm blanking on some uh, classic Will Smith songs here. I feel really... I could sing them, but I don't want to really embarrass myself. Seth MacFarlane is a better singer and artist. Seth... Okay, no, listen. Seth MacFarlane has a classic 1990s D... Or not 1990s, sorry. Wow. Wow, that that felt weird. Uh, 1950s Dean Martin uh, sing-along. Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra-style voice. He has a great voice. But that's not the point here. Big Willie Style was a great album. It had um, Just the Two of Us. It had um, uh, Get Jiggy With It. Nah. That's the one I couldn't think of. Getting Jiggy With It was fantastic. It was songs for me. <laughs> it was rap songs for me. I I, I like the uh, Seth MacFarlane kind of like... You like being an old fuck. I, it's it's just, okay. It's, no, no, no. It's chill. It's no, no, chilling. I get it. It's chill music. You're, you know what? You're a George Clooney kind of guy. Yeah. And I'm bringing George Clooney up for a reason here very shortly in this podcast. But anyway... He's a better actor. But anyway... <laughs> he is a better actor. But, 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 but. That's not the point. Because Will Smith... Uh, we have our views of Will Smith, and you know, he, he does what he does. But let's, let's talk about this. It at an official 150 million dollar budget, unofficial 170 million. It stands as the mo- it stands as one of the most expensive movie produced by Warner Brothers and the most expensive movies released in 1999. Um, opening weekend, it made like 80 million. Because he's, it made, a, he's a money draw. He is such a money draw because that that was why I wanted to mention how big of a name he was but, in the. And the Wild Wild West theme song was a huge thing when it came out. But you can't polish a turd. You could try. They tried, but... You could try. It doesn't mean it's going to be good because... Okay, here, we're going to talk about what critics were saying at the time. So, all right. Before we get on to that, if you were... Put yourself in the director's shoes. I don't want to. If I did, I'd be like... Nope, nope, yeah, get rid of this, saying, get rid of that. Like, wouldn't you, like... I'd be critical as fuck what, on this or script. made this director be like, I'm gonna put this out, this is great. Oh, no, it's 150% um, Warner Brothers getting in the fucking way, as usual. Cause yeah, they destroy they, everything. They destroy... They they have this the longest history of getting in the way of productions. They are their biggest downfall. Yeah, because this movie, when we get into the what-ifs soon... It, it was very different. It was because I, I think this movie should have been more based off the television series that it's based off of. And they they did bring elements from my from my knowledge from my research. They did bring elements to it, but I don't think that's enough to like. Because I've seen some people try to say like, oh, they did what they could, and it's like you could do better. You could do better. Like I'm, there's some things I didn't mind about it. Um, like there are um, what is it um. There's like a steampunk-esque style to everything to it, and I don't exactly hate that. I think it gives it its own kind of world and reality, but I don't like... For instance, I don't mind that Loveless has this whole spider thing going on throughout the movie, but he really just, like, 
has no explanation of, for one, why? Just why? Like, we're never told. Like, he, he never has a story about a spider. The only one who gives a story about a spider throughout this movie is Will Smith. And it's like when he's talking about the, the mosquito and the tarantula. And that leads to the whole them creating the whole Air Gordon scene. Because, of course, you have to have a Michael Jordan reference in the I, 90s. Yeah, I just wish that this movie was more serious than what it was. Oh, yes, yes. But, again, that's Warner Brothers getting in the way. But let's let's talk about what critics were saying, because we're still in the DeLorean. We gunned it back to 1999. Forgot to mention that. Well, no, I said that it came out yeah, June 30th, 1999. Um, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times gave the film one star out of four, stating, Wild Wild West is a comedy dead zone. You're, you stare in disbelief as scenes flop and die. The movie is all concept and no content. The elaborate special effects are like watching money burn on screen. And you know what? I gotta agree with that. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of... Like, I remember... Okay, going back to 8-year-old uh, Bry the Movie Guy. Uh, Bry the Movie Lad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Fuck it. Um... I remember being super excited. I remember seeing this movie in theaters. And there was, like, a lot of cool things I thought they did. But I remember laughing at the jokes a lot more. But the jokes now, they're all, like, super overly perverted jokes. Like, they're, they're innuendo, sexual innuendo jokes left and right. And I'm just like, wow. That's what upsets me about Selma Hayek's character is she's literally used as a piece of ass. That's literally her point. Like, I say that because the whole, like... There's no sense of that pajama scene. So you, she would have felt that draft and buttoned her. Now I know she's trying to manipulate them because she's trying to get back to her husband that she weirdly calls her father, which I don't. I get it, you know she's she's manipulating them. But at the same time, it just it's weird. Like her her character, literally most of the movie is like her kissing Will Smith's ass by just commenting every time he does something heroic. He's so courageous. That's. I do terrible accent. I cannot... You sound like Puss in Boots. She's in Puss in Boots! <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, like I said, I find the song... Greater movie. What? It's a greater movie. Puss in Boots is... Oh, so much better. But Puss in Boots blows this movie out of the water. Are you kidding me? And right. The Mask of Zorro. I love that movie. What movies came out that year? Oh, 1999? I forgot. You know what? We're going to look that up. Um, June 30th. 1999 box office please google you gonna help us out google okay cool 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 box office mojo thank you for the assist okay so wild wild west premiered but then we got south park bigger louder and uncut uh, that came better. in second um 43 days in we got star wars episode one at number three um the Mummy, that was a good one. The Mummy, oh. And The Matrix. The Matrix, oh, dude, this is actually pretty. Notting Hill, four, uh, and The Love Letter at seven. I don't know why this is not a, a top seven. That's weird to me. But, dude, like... Oh, that Wild Wild West should be at the bottom. Yeah, its opening day was 7,000. Well, it's because... Or seven, Will's, wait, seven million. It's because of Will Smith. Yeah. Wow, seven million? It's uh -huh. No one watched that movie for anyone else but him. I might have been wrong about its opening weekend total. But that's the thing. Like, no one watched that for anyone else. Like, can you say that they were going to come to see that if it w Will Smith wasn't in it? The way, okay, so the way in our universe, how it is, the only reason why people saw it was because of Will Smith. 
That's the no. only. That's the reason why I went and saw it. Jamie I remember Fox that. Wasn't an actor back then, was he? Jamie Fox, he was, but he was like strictly. I think he was more on the sitcom scene of things, now, and I, like. I can't say that it would be any better with him in it. Mm-mm. It wouldn't, unless it was more serious, because. Django's a more serious movie, obviously. We talked about Django. It's a masterpiece. And, and even um, the Wayne brothers. Like Marlon Wayne? Yeah. Dude, it would have been a straight-up spoof, but... It, it, at I think it would be a little bit better. I feel like that would have at least knew what it was, because a reason... one of the, In the research, a lot of the things that... Um, the reason why they changed so much was because they wanted to insert more comedy because test audience wasn't getting that it was supposed to be a comedy as well as an action western or whatever. So that already tells you that the studio wanted... I think the studio wanted a western men in black. Because what do they do? They, 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 who is he co-starred with? He is co-starred with a well-known... Academy Award wedding veteran actor at this point. Now, Kevin Klein isn't that much older than Will Smith at this point, but older enough and in the industry long enough to where, like, you see him. It's sort of like putting Tommy Lee Jones next to Will Smith for Men in Black. You get that same dynamic of well-known, serious actor, even though Kevin Klein technically won his Oscar for A Fish, Named Wanda, or a Fish Called Wanda, and that is technically a comedy. So he's, I'm pretty sure, the first actor, or the first actor to do it. It was, uh, he won for Best Supporting Actor for that. But, um, my point being, essentially, though, is Warner Brothers wanted lightning in a bottle that men, the Men in Black movie had. Because Men in Black was huge when it first came out. But, uh, another review released in this time frame was from, uh, Janet Maslin of the New York Times, she gave this film a negative review, saying the film leaves reality so far behind that its storytelling wouldn't be arbitrary even by comic book standards, and its characters share no common ground or emotional connection. Now, <laughs> you're going to love some of these numbers, because I, 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 I've never seen someone watch a trailer and just say, that movie's going to be fucking garbage so quickly in my life. Actually, no, I can't say that. I saw a lot of people say that about cats, but uh, we won't get into that. But as of March 12th, 2023, we're jumping back in time here. This movie is critically by fans and critics are as what follows. Rotten Tomatoes has a tomato rotten score of 16% with an audience score of 28%. On IMDb, a 4.9 out of 10 and Metacritic score of the score of 38%. On Letterboxd, it has a 2.2 out of 5. It is a two-star rating for me on there, which is if anyone remembers when I explained that, aka what? Um interestingly though, I went through some user reviews and someone named Amanda gave this film a four-star review saying, This movie is so goddamn stupid, and I just don't understand how everyone doesn't have a soft spot for it. I mean, a gigantic, terrible CGI robotic spider. Come on! That is so stupid that it cannot not be bad. It can't not be badass. And this is where, like, I think this movie, it definitely falls in line of 
it will if you're a fan of it it's probably like a cult following of fans like there it's just a whole, a whole little group that you know they share the movie every now and then they watch it they recommend it to a friend they get drunk they get high or something they sit down and watch it together and it becomes just a thing that's what i honestly think of this movie i think that review kind of goes why i'm putting this in the guilty pleasure episodes um but to counter that because i like to be fair with these arguments um, we have a two-star review from Kayla who said, honestly, you can, well, fuck, you can tell Tarantino was inspired by parts of this for Django, LMAO, and as we've been talking about, I agree with that, like, there, Will Smith, okay, Will Smith, the, the reason why Will Smith's not a good actor is he's the same person in everything, it, it, as, de I saw as much Deadshot in Jim West as I saw and um agent j because i forget his name before he becomes agent j but uh, you see my point like you know he has i can't say he's an awful actor though because i love the pursuit of happiness that was a good one i, I love that. that movie and he is so good in that movie i will defend that movie um king richard i haven't watched but i have heard he's good and you know he did win the oscar for it by the way we are filming this on oscar night uh i'm really hoping everything everywhere all at once wins best picture fingers crossed but anyway going back to this though um and the last review i wanted to share is from letterboxd is from someone named mario who gave it a three and a half saying what can i say it's a guilty pleasure and again, see, that's like, I'm not proud to say that I've watched this and have liked it. I know very well it's an awful movie. Not all guilty pleasures are good movies. Like, I'm expecting a bad movie when we do Takers, which I assume will be our next one. <laughs> I didn't mind Takers. I've got, I need to rewatch it. I need, you know, I gotta rewatch it. I'll do it. I promise. You gotta rewatch it too, because... You're you're the fan of this one, so I need that. I'm gonna need that energy from you, or maybe I'll watch it and be like, "Why haven't I watched this before?" <laughs> but um, but we're gonna jump over to Google because I I wasn't gonna re even include this, but obviously I go to Google to kind of help me with my research, and on Google this has a 4.0 with the main review that we see from Google is. It's a 4.0 out of 5, by the way. On Google, that's the rating. And uh, the main review, the first thing you see is from a David that states... I'm just going to do this quickly because they wrote a long one. I'm just doing a short one here. This is the definition of a cult classic. It is a pure fun and has held up for decades, as I remember. It's actually become better over time. I would highly disagree with that. This has so many problematic jokes chokes in it that it would never be made today kind of thing <laughs> but um we'll do we'll, we'll kind of do 70 percent facts a little quickly because i know we're kind of short on time tonight um yeah, we already know will smith movie lets out in 15 minutes which will make it work man will smith turned down the matrix as we know um, the film underwent costly reshoots in an attempt to inject some humor after test audience were confused if it was comedy or not. And it fucking shows, as I've stated. Uh, Sir Kenneth Br uh, Bron uh, he, the guy who directed Thor, uh, self <laughs> to uh, which Thor? He directed the first one. 
So a better Thor than the last one. Yes, a better <laughs> Thor than the last one. Uh, I can never say people's... I'm so bad with names, and I hate that. I know who he is. He was also um, <laughs> Lockhart in the second Harry Potter movie. But anyway, um, his accent, he claimed, was... Uh, the worst American accent performed by a British actor ever. And it, it, he really has, like, a very, like... Uh, <laughs> he's like, Mi casa es su casa. Let the party begin! And, that would just, this just sounds like just cringe material. Oh, it's cringy. But like I said, man, like, I was watching it, and I was, like, kind of enjoying it. But at the same... I wasn't enjoying it as much as I remembered loving it as a kid. Like, it's made for kids. Oh, it's definitely, but it's PG-13, and you, oh yeah, by the way, you totally see Will Smith's dick in the beginning. There's a part where he's, like, macking on a woman, and, uh, they're in a water tower, and it's, like, a lot of comedic effects and stuff like that, and the water tower falls, and he's, like, falling out, and the camera's positioned in a way where you see him fall out, there's Big Willie style, just flopping in the wind, and it, like, falls into frame. And then there's a shot behind where he's getting up, and you totally see, like, Big Willie style's tip. I'm telling you, man. Did they I, just miss that? I guess so, but I was... I And you know what? We have bigger TVs today, so it was a lot harder to miss. <laughs> a lot harder to miss. Um, but, yeah, that somehow got past me back in the day, I guess. But it was very noticeable that, like, wow, that's Will... Well, that's Will Smith. <laughs> um, but this movie swept the 20th uh, annual Razzie Awards, winning five statuettes, including Worst Picture. Robert Cant Conrad, who played the original James West in the original 1960s television show, so that's probably why your grandparents loved the show so much, um, accepted three of the awards in person as his way of expressing his low opinion of what had been done with his source material. He then delivered them to the recipients personally. Can you ha imagine being that much like, yeah, thanks for fucking up my show, asshole, and just throwing a giant golden raspberry at them? <laughs> um, interestingly enough, though, <laughs> Barry Sonnenfeld... Kevin Klein, Selma Hayek, Will Smith, and many of the uh, staff at Warner Brothers um, um, have stated their hate for this movie. Hayek, in particular, thought she was being underused, while Klein considered himself too good of an actor for the finished product. And he is, like... You watch, one of my favorite movies of his is called Dave, where he becomes the president, but he's like a double of a president that he also plays. It's a really good movie, and I really recommend it. Um, Artemis, Artemis Gordon, one of the things I do like about Artemis is he's always creating these kind of cool steampunky things that are like modern versions of stuff today. And one of the things is he pretty much makes a motorcycle. And Artemis Gordon's Nitrocycle is in the collection of the Barber Vintage Motorsports Museum in Leeds, Alabama, just east of Birmingham, Alabama. It is above the entrance up to the gift shop near the entrance to the museum. I thought that was kind of cool that they were like, you know what, that's a cool bike. Because it is kind of cool to see because he has like the little tubes and there's something kind of just funny about a, a 1860s whenever you see such grant because... For some odd reason, they chose this time period and to choose Usually S.S. Grant. I don't, I don't know. 
who Kevin Klein also plays in this movie. Um, the shot of the puppy looking into the general bloodbath McGrath's hearing aid is a visual reference to his master's voice, a painting by Francis, uh, oh God, why do I do this to myself? Bar, Barad, Barard? Uh, the image of Nipper the dog listening to a gramophone was used for decades as the logo of RCA Victor, which I remember that logo, and I was like, oh, okay, that's fun, but that's another thing, like, they, with the steampunk thing, like, I guess General McGrath, like, has his half, his ear blown off, so for, like, a hearing device, he has this, like, like, just old-timey megaphone thing attached to his head. But then there's a part where, like, he bends it down and wax comes out, which I don't I don't think they understand science <laughs> because that wouldn't happen, I don't believe. Um, the Reno train featured in the movie is on display at the old uh, Tucson Studios in Tucson, Arizona. And Will Smith has admitted that this is his worst movie to date as of October 2021. And the, uh, the only building which was not destroyed in Silverado is the Lucky Hotel. Um, okay, we're jumping into the what-ifs now, because I know we're getting there on time. Um, Mel Gibson was set to star as James West, and Richard Donner was set to direct with a script by Shane Black when Warner Brothers first announced the production of the film in 1992. However, they both dropped out and went on to do Maverick, which... Maverick wasn't that great of a movie, so I don't think that would have been a good movie. However, I never even seen Maverick. It's not that great. It's 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 flawed. Uh, Tom Cruise was later attached to star before dropping out for his role in Mission Impossible. So there is a fucking universe. This is the one I would really like to focus on. There is a universe where Tom Cruise never did Mission Impossible. Who would do it? I don't you know. You can't picture anyone else but no. him. But that, but now here's the thing: What does Wild Wild West become with Tom Cruise? A better movie. It becomes a better movie, and does Wild Wild West become the seventh new movie that we will be seeing this year? But <laughs> is it Wild Wild West: Dead Reckoning? <laughs> there's no one else you can cast in Mission Impossible because no one's crazy enough to do their own stunts like that. No, no, but Mission Impossible would suffer so because there's so much that. Tom Cruise has brought so much to the table of Mission Impossible, and those movies have become so much better just because of everything he single-handedly has he input in. He's got his pilot license. He's literally on he's top of planes. He's on top of planes without a parachute. He's going to kill himself. He's going to kill himself. Like, he might win an Oscar. If, if somehow Maverick miraculously wins Best Picture, which I would be fine. Like, if everything everywhere all at once doesn't win tonight, it's okay. But, you know, that's... That's so my favorite of the year, for sure. My question is, did he climb that building? Was that a stunt? Oh, in the fifth one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's him. God damn. Yeah, he that's got him. got some balls on him. D yeah, he, I think he was, like, the first to do that or something like that. I don't know. He's the first to do a lot of shit. Like, you can't say that that you man isn't tell, an entertainer. You can't tell me the crew was not scared. I, dude, the insurance on the sets of these movies, I wonder. <laughs> God, for, like... All right, hi, thank you for calling Hollywood. Listen, we got Tom. Oh, fuck. Okay, hold on. We got to get 99G589. dollars insurance. Oh, yeah, it has to be. But you know what? He covers it. He covers that plus. He covers that plus, man. Yeah, he wants perfection. 
Um, interesting enough, George Clooney, as you mentioned earlier, was attached to play Artemis Gordon, but turned it down reportedly because it was a supporting part. This guy would later go on to be a guy who gets drifted away into space to save Sandra Bullock. That was our first year working here. I remember Gravity that. was our first year. Holy shit, man. Memory lane. Uh, the we had part... the two biggest, like the two big bus shelters with both yes. of them on there. Yes, and cause you know, I remember that because uh, Schuler wanted them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the part of Rita Escobar was originally offered to Jennifer Lopez, but she turned it down. It was then offered to Penelope Cruz, who also turned it down to scheduling the scheduling conflicts with her film Vola Verant. Vola Verant. Vola Verant. I don't know. Um, I'm so sorry. I feel bad that I'm bad with, like, enunciating anything. Um, Tim Curry, Johnny Depp, and Matthew McConaughey were considered for the role of Artemis Gordon. Matthew McConaughey would be good. <laughs> Let me tell you something um, here, right okay? On, right on, right on. I got all these gadgets here, okay? Feel this? Listen here, okay? I call this the, the twice-out bicycle. This bicycle's just gonna go vroom, vroom, vroom. All right, all right, just like that. I think this um, movie would be good if it was based off of the video game Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> I think if they based it more off the, the series, the actual series, you put Tom Cruise in it, I kind of wouldn't mind... But I can't see him as a gunslinger. Okay, hear me out on this. Here, I can see it. Because you know what? He would fucking put in practice. He would go out every day and be like, Hey guys, are you guys ready to do this? Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves would... Okay, I have this thing but with no, Keanu But no, he couldn't do it because he's in the Matrix. That's right. That's right. Well, no, let, let's say in a world this is where Will Smith... Because we're in a world where Will Smith's not playing Jim West. And they flip flop. Yeah. So why not Keanu Reeves in that role? What does that become though? He doesn't Has talk it... much. I would kind of like a more quiet Jim West because he's all like, I don't know. He is just very full of himself. And then there's like, they go hard with the racial jokes. It's this movie's like low key racist. <laughs> but it's and, different. Cl- but I feel like it's all Will Smith centric. That I just I don't know. So, but yeah, um, that's, that's the thing I would want. Like when I heard Tom Cruise was up for this role, I just couldn't get like, okay, let's say we can almost like, if Keanu Reeves is in this role, you can almost make it like man with no name-ish, like a strong, silent Clint Eastwood type-esque movie. You can still have Artemis Gordon. I almost feel like a younger Artemis Gordon would be more interesting, like this young guy fresh into the u.s marshal division who's like trying to prove himself by like creating these really ridiculous little inventions i think that'd be interesting and then like keanu reeves because the whole thing with like their dynamic is like keanu or not keanu uh jim west believes in like the gun's the only thing he needs while you know that's kind of like yellowstone right now yeah pretty much yeah yeah exactly so yellowstone's better yeah so Obviously, we need to wrap this up pretty quickly because this movie's not, like... To me, it's a guilty pleasure because of nostalgic I mean, reasons. hell, South Park was better. <laughs> South Park was <laughs> real. Oh, jeez. But, um, okay, the, the things I would change with it real quick. There's things I'd keep, things I'd change. Um, things I'd, I like from the film is I like the gadgets and the steampunkness. I, li- I thought that kind of style was cool. I think you could still have that style with Keanu Reeves, with Jim, uh, James, Jim West. Um, 
I like the whole look of the whole uh, Loveless with the spider webs and shit. I just would like, like, maybe there's a reason, like, maybe he just feels like the spider is the ultimate predator or something like that. Or, like, there's some kind of shit with the the webs. But I definitely don't want a man that's cut in half with a steam-powered engine on his ass that is, uh... Like, keep him as a midget. Like, Like, the character... Well, in the original... (laughs) In the in the show, he was a uh, just a midget. He was a he was a dwarf, or what's the what's the correct term? What a dwarf? Which, well, there's no there's short person. Short person, but yeah. the, there's it's two different. Those are two different size scales. They were a person. Uh, that Dwarves was, are a little bit bigger. They were vertically challenged person. Vertically <laughs> challenged, and um, not to not to laugh. No, no, no. It's just, I, I don't know how else to word it, because I'm not trying to insult anyone here. I'm just trying to get my point across. But, like, there are actors of that height that could have worked for that role, or even just, like, I don't know, put them in a wheelchair, yeah. or a normal wheelchair, have their legs blown off. Not, like, them cut in half, and me see, like, them making, God, there's so many dick jokes from him. So many fucking dick jokes. There's like a dick joke with him and this like thing that shoots razor blades. The razor blade scene's kind of fun, like the whole and then the that is a man's head, which is like the most ridiculous way of finding out who killed someone. But you know what? Imagine that technology today. We would not even need to cut off the head at this point. Uh, um, actually, isn't that the whole no minority ports about um, precogs? But anyway, that's not the point. Um, Rewrite Selma Hayek's character and give her... Oh, wait, no, no. I was on things I like still. Um, I don't hate the set design. And if we were to keep this cast... Like, the cast is fantastic. It's really an all-star cast. But just make it a serious... Just poorly written fucking movie. Like, whoever wrote it just should be shamed. Fired. Fired. You're fired! Uh, Things I'd change. I'd take out 90% of the comedy, as I've said. Give Selma Hayek's character a lot more to do than just being the Will Smith party wagon girl. Booty call. She's not even a booty. She doesn't. <laughs> I give, give. I will give her respect that they don't put her in those situations where she does anything with them, and I respect that. Um, they didn't push push her character that far. Um, I think the best moments of the film are when Will Smith is explaining like his childhood and what he experienced with like the whole. Um, slaughter of his family from that camp. Um, but it's always the serious moments that I like Will Smith in this movie. So I feel like, again, like if he wasn't trying to be marketed as a comedian so much, I feel like we could have seen a more serious version of him earlier on, which would have maybe opened a little more doors for him and maybe his career wouldn't have got as rocky as it did. Um, and then they, one of the things I saw was they, they got, they added those weird ass, like, the the blade hand henchman and the guy who's like, like, I learned that from a Chinaman. And there's the guy like, uh, uh, he has the metal thing, which again, like, don't put Chinaman, don't use the phrase Chinaman in a movie. Like, who does that in 1999? Like, I don't try to be, don't, just don't. Um, but yeah. I really like that. That was a good. That was a good suggestion. I really like Keanu Reeves in that. But I, man, can you imagine if we were seven Wild Wild West movies in, and it's just Jim West 
Like I could not do seven films. Dude, okay, think about like, like a Wild Wild West movie in the style of Maverick. Like, damn it, you're the best de- U.S. Marshal we've ever had, I Jim West. Mission Impossible was the right decision. <laughs> Mission Impossible was definitely the right decision. And also, you got... Uh, okay, who are you going to work with? Brian Sonnenfeld, Barry Sonnenfeld, or Brian De Palma? Well, if Tom Cruise... Would, Tom Cruise is a person who takes over his set. Oh, he does... Well, because he knows... Okay, the guy knows what to do in front of that camera. He knows how to sell himself. I mean, we just look at the COVID years, and he was going off on his set staff. <laughs> If this, if I find one person without a mask on, I will go in. I will shut this down. <laughs> like, ah, <laughs> oh God, you know what? We don't deserve him. We don't. We take him for granted so much, and he's a good actor at times. Yeah. Like Jerry Maguire is one of my favorite movies, and he's great in that. Magnolia, I like Magnolia. I'm a big PTA guy though. Um. Yeah, I I guess we should probably wrap this up. It's late, and um, there's not a lot to say um, besides... The, terrible the, movie. It's a terrible movie. Like, my rewatch was did not go as fun. Like, I was so excited when I announced this movie forced last week. I forced myself through it for the podcast. But next week, I imagine we're doing Takers. Because it's your choice. What is that what you would like to do? I thoroughly... In, I mean, I know it's it's a guilty pleasure. It's a guilty pleasure. This... It's a good movie. I thought it was a good movie. Many might not think so. Because, see, like, the the weird thing with guilty pleasures, and we'll leave it on this note, that a guilty pleasure can be good, it can be bad, but don't forget that it's always what's, a pleasure. What's that movie? Boogie Nights? Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is a fantastic movie. It's not a guilty pleasure. I, you know, I didn't really like it, but I couldn't stop myself from finishing it. Because it's fantastic. <laughs> that opening, okay, think about, like, just the opening scene. We won't get into it. This is not the Boogie Nights. We will have a Boogie <laughs> Nights podcast. We're going to have a Boogie Nights one. We're going to have a Heat one. We're definitely going to have a Pulp Fiction one. Pulp Fiction, I don't know. Have we, have we, we haven't had a Goodfellas one. No. And we got to, of course, have the taxi driver conversation. Yeah. Um... And also, I really want to do Joker. I think we'll do Joker around the time the second movie comes out. Um, but, yeah. I will say that, yeah. Will Smith I just better. feel dirty. Like, this, I just, I, it's, I feel more guilty. But, you know what? I gotta say, when, when I was younger, though, this movie was so fun to watch. I thought it was hilarious. I thought, I thought Will Smith, the, that's the thing, Will Smith fucking rocks that outfit man he knows how to look cool as hell at all times but that's the thing is sometimes will smith needs to not be will smith and that's his issue if i wanted a good fancy go to the runway the runway strut down the runway if you're gonna be dressing (laughs) all fancy i'm here for a movie i'm here for a movie i want to see something good that's that's how uh you know, it, that's a good way of thinking it. You know, if you're gonna like, if you're gonna make us wa- sit through almost two hours of something, man, make sure it's worth watching. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, next week I guess we're doing. Wait, Takers, right? Takers. Takers. Okay. I don't know why I keep confusing it with um, Den of Thieves. That that's also a guilty. Pleasure. That is a good, <laughs> but that movie is also heat. I guess. That, <laughs> I guess. I guess it's it's a toss up. You decide. I'm fine with either or. Oh man. I am almost. I almost want to lean. I will it. say Gerard Butler looks filthy in that movie. He's supposed to, man. He's supposed to be a filthy <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> I 
I'll, I'll, I'm gonna. We'll do. Okay. Do we have a coin? We'll do the coin toss right on here. Okay. We have this. Ooh, it's a golden dollar. Okay. We got Rutherford B. Hayes and the Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty can be. What do you? What's Statue of Liberty? We'll go from there. We'll just call it in the air, and then you decide. Jesus. Okay. Den of Thieves is the Statue of Liberty. Okay. okay. And we're gonna let it go hit the ground. So there's tails. Wait, no, it's it's either it's the Statue of Liberty or the Robert B. Hayes. It is the Statue of Liberty, so we will be doing Den of Thieves. Can you please confirm? <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. okay, okay. Well, it's whatever that is. Yeah. But that's Den of Thieves. So next week, if uh, listeners want to listen ahead, we're going to be doing Den of Thieves for Guilty Pleasure Month. And then, how many, I think we only have, let me look at our, I think because I think my next choice we have two more weeks, right? Okay, so I have one, and ooh, you get to do the last one, Cody. March feels a lot longer. You know what? For, we'll do Takers at the end of the month. Okay. For mine, I'm probably going to do Cable Guy. Okay. <laughs> if you... What, what was the movie with, uh... What Jack, the truth is found? Uh, Jack Black and Saving Silverman. Oh my god, Saving Silverman. Well, you know what? We... The last episode we will do, at the very end of the episode, we'll do honorable mentions of movies we know are guilty, but they are always a pleasure. Because if, if it's pleasure, is it that guilty? I always watch Saving Silverman every time I get a chance. It is one of those movies where if it's on TV, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but the whole, like, him trying to suck his dick thing is hilarious. <laughs> like, especially if the, what's funnier is the the TV version, because they black out his area. Like, his whole I, uh, groin area is blacked out like he's wearing underwear. And it, But it's like, if you're watching the movie, you know what he's doing. <laughs> and there's no hiding what he's trying to do. And then, like, Jack Black. I, who's Jack Black, Mary, at the end? Oh, yeah, their old football coach. Uh, <laughs> yeah. right, uh, the uh, What is it? Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, I can't uh, think of it. Re- it. Remy. Oh, my God. I feel so. He, and he's dead. Yeah. He and I feel like we're disrespecting him. Okay, we're going to look that up real quick because we're not going to end this. With disrespect, put on this uh, guy's name. Ooh, Full Metal Jacket. Oh God, you know how many people are yelling on, at their phone right now? Arlie em- uh, Arlie Ermy. Emery? Is it Ermy? Arlie Ermy? Emmy. Emmy? I thought it was Ermy. But anyway, that guy, like, hell of an actor. But uh, with the fact that he marries Jack Black at the end, <laughs> I always like that. And then, um, and then like, uh, what's his face? What What is his name? Steve uh, Steve Zahn's character. Like, we'll get if we, we'll talk about that movie some other time. We're like getting into that. But anyway, we gotta wrap this up. We got things to do. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will catch you next time. This was in a world films. What if podcast. <laughs>